Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Indie Comic Spotlight, the show where we do a deep dive into an ongoing series or graphic novel from a company other than the big two. And so we're here today, Creator Corner, but a very special Creator Corner because it's not just a Creator Corner where I am blessed to be with the creators of this amazing art this time. And this gives me goosebumps. I'm literally getting goosebumps right now as I'm saying it. This creator is a friend of mine, friend of the show, <laughs> amazing human being. Seth Singleton is here. Dude, you've got a comic out. I I, I do. Um, <laughs> this is a lot of fun for me. You know, along the way, I've I've been lucky enough to write comics and do a bunch of fun projects and and grateful for the ones where it was like, hey, I wonder where this could go. And then they don't always go the way you want them to. This is one that, uh, much like our characters from the moment that it's begun, it's taken off. And it's been a lot of fun to uh, enjoy the experience, watch the trajectory, and sort of, along with Andre, sort of marvel. Like, okay, so this is cool. Where are we going next? And it's it's been a really fun ride so far. Yeah, Thanks, it's, yeah. Oh, it's awesome. I'm so proud of you. And I know that word. I know that means it's weird. We're the same age and be like, I'm proud of you, man. It's right. like, you know, but you know what I mean? Like, it's super exciting. I'm just so excited for you. I love art. I love to see people make art. And my friends making art is the best art. So do you, I, I'm sure I gushed similarly when your novel came out you recently did. and I had yeah. you on. So yeah. I know what it's like. It's like <laughs> it's you've been amazing. watching your friend do this thing and you're like, hey, this thing we've talked about, it's happening. It's happening. And... We're here the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. It's so weird. Now, the fun thing for me and Andre is that we've been working on this for a while, but it's all been in the secret in the secret. shadows. Right? Oh, I know. <laughs> and and so, it's like. You know, we've been working on this and finally it's come to light and we're like, it's real. People know they're they're reading it. It's out yeah. there. And yeah. um, so I think you can understand similarly what that's like, where it's like, hey, this thing we've been talking about for a long time, these yeah. conversations, well, it's, it's part of this thing. <laughs> well, that's so cool because that's the thing for years. Literally, it feels like years. Seth's been like, I've got the secret project. And it's like, ah, <laughs> but that's all anybody who knows him knew there was a secret project. So he keeps mentioning, alluding to our third guest in the in the other chair, all the way from the Great White North, Andre Lavoy. Hello, welcome Hello. to Indie Comic Spotlight. Thank you, thank you for having me. And so, before we find out why it had to be such a secret, which I mean, so when I finally saw it, I was like, I had no idea what it was. It was like secret project, secret project. Seth's like, I'm working on a secret project. And you're like, is that, you know, like, I believe him. I have faith in him. But you're like, secret project, is it magic? And then it is magic. It turns out it is actual magic. So before we get into that, Andre, let's go back. So here you are. You are the editor of Saturday of this book and Saturday Originals. So how, how nobody does that. Nobody's like, you know what I'm going to do? Make comic books and video games and nerd stuff. Unless you have a comic book origin story. That's not something you back into. Now, you may discover it as an adult, right? But it isn't something you discovered yesterday. So um, tell everybody, let's get back in our time machine. Young Andre, traipsing around in his snowshoes in the Great White North. Tell us all about your comic book origin story and how you you know, came to this medium. And, uh, and then as a fan, and then how you decided, oh, I want to create it too. Well, yeah, we're going way back when. Way, it's way back. Of, yeah, when I was seven. Uh, <laughs> I believe well, it, it man. Was, yeah. It was really about, like, for me, it was it was, it was was comics. It was really about world building uh, and all that it entails, you know, for, for either games or animation projects. Or so, of course, way back when, um, I would doodle, of course, you know, during class and, you know, anytime <laughs> I could. 
and not only doodle, but also, you know, create the stories around them. You know, what does this character do and, and what kind of world does he live and, you know, so on and so forth from, for, from, from very young age. I, I was into that, of course, you know, nerding out on, on the culture and, and all that it means. And so, um, you know, fast forward uh, many years um, and then it was, you know, concept artist uh, for the animation industry. And then it was uh, creative director. And then, you know, the studio for, for which I, I worked, which is uh, Digital Dimensions, um, kind of, you know, evolved and started um, different uh, sister companies. One of them being Saturday Animation. And so from Saturday Animation, uh, the, the found the, um, the CEO wanted to create its own, his own content. I wanted to create my own content. I was like, let's, let's do this. And so we created Saturday originals and then, you know, from Saturday originals, even though we wanted to create, of course, a lot of, uh, good animation projects, we said, what about, you know, starting smaller, creating our own world from, from scratch. And we all love the, the comic book medium. And so for us, it made all kind of sense all of a sudden it was like yeah let's let's create comics and so this is where you know all of saturday originals projects kind of stem from um yeah i love that i love that nerds nerds nerding out and you know there's something beautiful about it and seth and i've talked about this at length and you know anybody if you have a creator on we're in the we're in the realm we writers and artists we're in a realm where there's still gatekeepers and you have to decide like you know like musicians now like the internet brought a lot of gates down for musicians right you could write a song you could put it out there uh like youtube you know allowed musicians and like other creators like you know podcasters where we are but like the internet kind of levels the playing field for a lot of things but for creative arts specifically for the writ written words and for comic books there's there's like there's still one last um, you know, gate to get through because of the traditional publishing industry or whatever it has at the grip. And you were like, it's so cool that your company were like, well, we're doing these other things and we've already established ourselves as we can create our own content doing games and create our own content doing cartoons and create our content. So it's like, oh, well, it's a natural evolution to, we don't need that. We don't need to go through that. We are the gate. We can take the gate down and make our own stuff. That, that is a really cool um, thing that's really inspiring because you're very, you know, you, you're, you've found a way to be successful there without having to be like, well, Harper Collins didn't want it. So we might as well, I'll go, you know, back to digging ditches. So, um, and again, I don't know what it's like, you know, the Canadian version of it, I assume gates are gates, right? It's the same thing when you guys decided from the ground up to build your company, were there a lot of naysayers and how did you overcome those naysayers? I mean, we know there were, but how'd you overcome them? Um, adequate funding, I would say, and a lot of drive, a lot of passion uh, are, are really integral to our ability to, to create those, those projects. So it was like, so, so we, we all have creative backgrounds, of course, we've been, you know, in the, uh, the, 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 the craft for, for many years, you know, we sport around, you know, each of us around 17 years plus of experience. From, from you know of creating projects at different levels either you know from design standpoint to art direction creative direction so on and so forth um so it was very a very natural process for us uh to say oh let's try our, our uh you know creating these these original ips and be our own publishers as you said you know nowadays with the, the web and and self-publishing um, um possibilities it 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 made sense to 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 take a go at it, uh, you know, by ourselves. 
Well, it's worked out really well. Um, it's just a gorgeous book. So Seth, so like here you are, you're a nerd like me. We know your comic book origin story. People can hear that. Seth, Seth's a nerd <laughs> from way back. But like, so when you, this, let's, because now the secret's out. I genuinely don't know this. I've genuinely waited for this moment to ask. This is new information for me. How did you find them? How did they find you? What's the secret? I received a message um, on LinkedIn. Nice. And I can honestly say my first thought was I'm being scammed. <laughs> this is this is it. You know, I have never gotten I have yet to receive a, a contact on, you know, LinkedIn, a blind contact, you know, where I haven't had any free previous association. And I go, yeah, this is this is legitimate. You know, I usually yeah. come across something where it's like, hi, we'd like you to spend some money on this position. And I'm going this. what? so I kind of paused and went. Oh, I, I, I'm so sorry. You, you, hello. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I just responded, sort of, you know, like, okay, let me ask just back. Uh, sure, tell me more. Yeah. And and then the details came through, and everything that I was reading. Just we always talk about how you're looking for those sort of red flags. And the nice thing is when you're reading a message that's completely authentic, where you realize like, oh my goodness, this is honest, this is earnest, this is real. You know, if if I was a, you know, old cartoon character from the ones that we grew up watching, I would have picked up this coin and bit into it and gone, this, yeah, is, yeah. this is good. Because that was the feeling I had. I I I, I was <laughs> I was amazed every time I walked away going, this is real. This is happening. And and it was <laughs> Andre's laughing along with me because there was uh, at least one moment where I asked him, I have to know, why did you come to find me? Why, why, why did you reach out to me? I, I can imagine there are plenty of other creators out there. What was it? Um, and I'll let Andre put that into uh, the words he used because I'm, I'm never going to attempt to call someone else's words correctly i always know my own desire is going to be like oh i think it sounded like this or it sounded like that but i know that i felt confident as soon as i asked the question the answer i got was um you know this is what i saw and as soon as i heard that i thought wow this is this is kind of what everyone wants to hear you want to be recognized for the things that you've already done i had no idea that the work that I'd done on Greedy Greg and other projects had led to this moment. And I was really surprised. It was it was a feeling of like working on things and having your head down and someone taps you on the shoulder and says, can I ask you a question? And you go, yeah, wait a minute. I've been busy with my head down. What's happening? Yeah. Is this happening? And so it was much like that. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. So it was Greedy Greg. Andre, that's what you, that's what, that's, what that, a, that's such yeah. a great book too. I love Greedy Greg. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah, when I, I stumbled upon uh said it was a combination of that it was it was it was that it was some of the samples that he had sent me because we were going for a little bit more uh a different you know genre, it was a bit more mature and so it's you know how do you write you know characters in such a way and this and that so it was really you know moved and 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 thought you know he was writing characters with a lot of heart and uh very convinced in the samples that he sent me and and his previous work. So to me, I had a you know a really good feeling. It was it was you know from 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 and we were treading new waters. We were you know scouting for writers. And it was like you know I have a good feeling with Seth. You know I think he, he he would be a good fit for this you know ongoing project that we're starting. That you know to in my mind it was you know it it, it had a good scope for it. So I needed somebody that would be 
on board for the long haul. And, you know, through conversation, uh, it, it felt like Seth was a really good fit for him. <laughs> well, that, that's awesome. And that feels great too, because you hear long haul, right? You know, like we're, you know, Seth and I, we're, you know, we've got a few, two things coming out that we've worked on together and that's all like a hustle. And that's like, a, not a hustle, like it's a scam, but like, that's us working our asses off to get stuff done. And like, got some essays coming out and some other, you know, comic projects that we're trying to put together here and there. And you're like working, you're just like that independent, that grind. And that is how, you know, somebody's in for the long haul. Somebody who's like, just doing the work. Like you said, your head's down, but you're doing it because nobody's asking you. You're doing it because you want to, you do it because it's that passion. It's that, it's something you want. So it's like that in for the long haul is really important. I'm both ways. You could tell Seth is going to be not flake out on you and Seth, you could be like, Oh, this, look at what they've got going on. Look at what they've done. They're not a fly by night. This isn't this isn't somebody trying to steal my identity and you're like, Trace, babe, sorry. We have to we have to move. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm really gonna have to make some calls and explain some people. And by the way, I have to use my middle name David now because right, my first exactly. name is just you know been butchered as far as identity theft. Right. Yeah. Actually, it's great that you mentioned that because there was a degree of also, um, you know, this is a secret project. Well, some of the things that actually led to Andre and I finalizing, you know, working together was some of the secret projects you and I have been working on, mm. Tony. So actually, I was grateful that Eric Lee was kind enough to send me some samples and give me um, thumbs up to share script and samples for the upcoming Tragic Nerds that'll be coming out as part of our anthology series Um which is one of those secret projects, one yeah. of those sort of like, I, I've given you a little peek at some details yeah. and you can go ahead and take those highlight words and wait for what comes next. Yeah. But I, I yet to, other than you and a few others, have anyone look at some of that work and, and, and sort of give them a peek at like, hey, well, talk about secret projects. I don't know when this is coming out, but it's it's in the works. And it was also a chance to sort of let him know like, hey, I... I don't know what you've seen out there publicly, but also this is what I've been doing behind the scenes. And just like every creator, there's what I get the chance to put out. And there's also what I continue to work on waiting for that opportunity to say, let me show you what I've been doing. Let me let you know what else I've been uh, working on. And also for me, it was a great opportunity to show some range because Greedy Greg is a, a younger audience. It's it's a definitely um, a different structure altogether. Yeah what we're doing with tragic nerds, what we've been doing with other projects, it was a chance to say, well, that's, that's something I've been able to show the public here are other things I'm looking forward to sharing with the public too. And I, I I'm reminded of that Andre, when you mentioned some of those other samples that I got to share with you, it was like, yes, um, some of these projects never even took off. And it was also a great chance to go, Hey, the company, whatever direction it went, the project didn't become public, but I can share my work with you. And man, if you're listening right now, that's the one thing I would, share i did not fully recognize the value of those things until i was able to share with someone as part of my body of work whether they became public or not they were still examples of my work and they were still a great representation of the things i've been doing and uh that's a reminder i have to keep for myself as well so no, <laughs> thanks it's, for letting it's me totally, share that. no it's totally true too it's it's one of those things it's like art you're in the grind, man. And it's a thing that you do. And like you heard everybody, you just heard like Andre's story and how they created their company. And it's, it's, they had funding, but you don't get the funding. That's also the grind. That's also the work. Nobody's just like, oh, by the way, I've just got this, I've got this magic pocket that I can reach in and it's $20 <laughs> comes out every time. <laughs> right. It's not that you got to go, got to, 
got to have a pitch. You got to have a business plan. You got to get all that together. And that's the icky part of the creative stuff is the business side of it. But again, that's how art exists, right? You got to have the money to do it. And and you have to be, um, I'm teaching a room of one's own in my class right now. And you know, what does Virginia Woolf say? You need space and a little bit of money to make your art. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, that, it's it's totally true. So, so all of that, that's awesome. I love this. So, so Saturday Originals, the oeuvre of Saturday Originals is that what we're, you know, we're men of a certain age. So we grew up with like, listen, kids, TV used to be free and you had to like, you didn't have to be digital and it would sometimes be <laughs> staticky and you may or may not. Now, depending on where you're from, like I'm not necessarily from a big city. Um, so you may need like a hanger, a coat hanger added on to your antenna. Or you may, your dad may be like, go turn the antenna in the middle of a snowstorm so you can turn the antenna to make sure you get that channel that you have to. So you just don't know. Those things definitely were my life. And so Saturday morning cartoons, that was our place for this alternate world. And so your Saturday originals are paying homage to that while also creating new and exciting and amazing IP. So it's this, it's one foot in nostalgia and one foot in the new. So Andre, like, like, I mean, the, the, obviously the sky's the limit here. You've got a couple of properties here. The one that we're going to talk about, the one you guys are working on is the Spellcasters, the Ma Major League Magic, which is super cool. Art's gorgeous. We'll talk about George in a little bit. George couldn't join us, but we'll talk about his glorious art. Um, but so did, when you pitched it to Seth, was it like, we're doing this? Or were you like, dude, what do we got? Did you say major league magic? And Seth was like, Ooh, this is what that sounds like. Or were you like, pitch me an idea? What was that process? And then how did you guys land on this? Cause you got a couple of other projects. Why, you know, what was the, the magic for this? Were you considering him for one of your other titles or this was the title you wanted him for? Yeah, yeah, well, it was the title that we were, you know, looking for writer for. We were ready to move forward to another step for it. So definitely it was, you know, we had a whole concept. Because prior to, 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 to looking for a writer, uh, we worked for a solid year on a, a slate of about, you know, 10 projects that we have on our shelf. And this one was coming to maturity. So, you know, when Seth is saying, you know, it felt real. He was, you know, really looking for red flags. You know, there was a creative brief. There was a whole mood board. There was, you know, a, an already a pitch deck. There was, you know, Amazing. characters. And, you know, a, a lot of the world building we had, you know, worked on uh, prior to that. So going in, it was like, okay, but now we need to tell the right story. We're really, so a lot of that needed uh, work so uh, you know the story itself that we're 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 telling through these um, five comics uh, miniseries wasn't created. It was you know we had a premise for it. It was you know this comic is going to feature you know Polaris, who's you know a champion spellcasters. We're going to follow its family uh, from you know humble beginnings to uh, rising star and stuff like that. You know so we had the some broad strokes, but even then it was. You know, that's where Seth, you know, stepped in and really, you know, uh, defined the story of uh, what it would be. So, but yeah, we had, you know, and that's what we do generally uh, for all our projects. You know, we make sure that we uh, create solid, you know, world building, you know, and, and, you know, interesting characters, you know, a good foundation for story. And then we jump in with a writer because uh, we do aspire to create you know, something that is a little bit brandable through these stories. And that's where we put a lot of time of like the lingo of the world, you know, anchoring in something, you know, solid and, you know, having compelling characters, blah, 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 the whole, the whole shebang. And so, yeah, that's one of them. I, I 
it's and it's a really cool world too and it's what what i like about it is it's it's frenetic you as you said andre andre it's like you you are doing both things you're like you didn't it's you're telling the backstory during the story and i think that's a really smart move um as opposed to just and again there's nothing wrong with an origin story i mean i always start the show with an origin story but you also know you you've got five issues it's new ip you got to get people in you got to get the hook you got to do the kafka and like drop in in the middle and then we can fill you we can fill you in or not and some of it may not you know, it's obviously not all in five issues, right? You're only looking at 125 pages. So it's not as though you're going to have all of the mysteries revealed. So Seth, so they pitch you this idea. You're like, this world sounds cool. Um, as you were as you were developing those characters that they gave you to play with, how much of what they gave you where you're like, yeah, but, or, oh, you're missing this. Because you've got, because you've got spellcasters, right? But then you also have... Um, uh, what's the sister? She's a wand maker. So that's slightly different. So you've got, so, so there's people you've got side, it's very speed racer, right? It's a full, it's one of my favorite all time things. So it's very <laughs> I much thought like, you might enjoy that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so you've even got like the pops Rachel's character, the coach who of course I'm a big fan of um, a lot. So it's like, y- you have that you've got like, we need, we need the mechanic. We need the guy in the chair. We need the coach. So it's like, they have this. And then how much of that were you like, yeah, but, or what if, and what was that process for you as you were developing? Because you're you didn't invent the sandbox; they invited you into the sandbox, and you were like, "Can I bring this toy?" What was that like? <laughs> that was that was probably some of the most fun right from the get go. I mean, Andre pointed out one of the reasons I had fewer flags. One of the reasons I felt more confident was once I read the creative brief, and during our first call, he gave me a glimpse of this, you know great glance at all of these wonderful images that they'd already created the ideas behind these characters the for the most part the uh the archetypes that they fit as well as what what the sort of overarching roles would be and then it was really about coming in and and looking for the moments where i felt uh these characters were the most vibrant i think the the opportunity to come into that play box and or that sandbox and go okay so you've it much like with the world building all the materials were there it was simply now about how would you like to construct this how would you like to put this together and i would compare it to someone dumping out a big pile of legos i was just that was the image that's as people (laughs) and again people of a certain age listen people who play with legos now it's already a kit it's like you get the pirate ship and the whole boat is already built you're like wait no, no, it's supposed to just be 4 million brown bricks to build this boat, not here's the base. No, no, <laughs> we don't need that. Yeah, I right. love that. All, image. All, yeah. What I need is enough space for my imagination to, to right. build these blocks into the things I want it to look like. Yeah. And I had the opportunity to, to do that, to better understand these characters. In fact, it was a, a lot of fun to go in and, and write about them and think about, you know, some of those great ideas. I significantly and specifically wore this shirt today. Say, oh, uh, nice. Dr. Strange, Dr. right? Dr. Strange. Because that's so often how we think of magic. This like, mm, you know, shuttered away in some archaic home. And this was magic of a completely different variety. It's one in which it's actually an active sport. One that 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 takes magic and makes it both competitive, fun, playful, inventive, uh, and it piques the curiosity. And 
along the way, I, I did get the opportunity. Like there is a character who shows up in the series who is someone that I felt was a perfect opportunity in the uh, beginning pages to show us a bit of Polaris's heart and also his desire to, in, in my opinion, lift up others just as he's striving to lift himself up, just as he's striving to, you know, become uh, as great as he thinks he can be, as great as he is uh, possible of becoming. And in doing that, um, there's a character named Beatrice who shows up. And she was just really fun to have this moment because once she was created for that scene, I realized, wow, she she could follow us along in this story. And there's some great ways in which she does and, and plays... Uh, a pivotal role at least once if not more so she also is playful in a way that that shows some of the lighter sides of how magic exists in this world am i teasing you to read beyond the first free issue yes yes, yes i am and i'm inviting you to discover what that could mean because one of the great things is where these characters are starting with and then well where i get to take them with andre saying i have these ideas I, I, this is the direction I would like to go in. And then the wonderful thing about having an editor is you get to sort of like go out here. Then they're like, okay, let's, and you're like, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Let's, let's start picking bring the it pieces in. that, that bring, that bring in. it in. Right. Let's rein it in. Let's give it. And then together we were able to find this shape. And I, I focused for the most part on what I felt really mattered to me when I was a kid competing, what I see about great competitive athletes, the heart, the passion, and also how for so many of the best success stories, it's about who surrounds them while they're on this journey. And it was a great opportunity to show that um, the, one of the biggest keys to Polaris is the ingenuity of his sister, the wand maker. You know, there is something about having a sibling who understands you and also has that, that technical expertise to also provide a little bit of guidance for a passionate competitor. Um, passionate, so it was, it was a... read hot-headed. <laughs> exactly, Bainbridge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Seth wouldn't know anything I'm about that in these... his footy-playing days. Not at all. Yes. <laughs> I remember passionate. It was it was a word that I would sometimes hear described by coaches after they yelled, I'm not angry, I'm passionate. Yeah, that's go, right. Is, is that what that is? Is is that what that is? Because yeah. it's chilling my blood, but I'm yeah. fine. And, and now I have to go and not let you down. Um, <laughs> and and we do get elements of that as well. Um, there, there's a challenge in this family. There's some conflict built around spellcasting. It's 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 interesting because I feel like it's it's a message that is understood by the majority of the population that sport comes with a cost. Sport has sacrifice, and for all who aspire, not everyone makes it. And for those who do, there are um, choices that have to be made along the way. And we get the chance to explore that through a family that has overcome some great challenges and is working to overcome more as they're working together. Polaris is this great possibility, and both his sister and his father and even grandfather are, are part of this great opportunity to work together and at times work against each other before working together and make that all happen. So um, I, I was grateful. I was grateful for all the ways that I got to push and explore. And I was grateful for all the ways that we were also able to say, okay, as much as we love that, 
let's do what we know we can do, what will work well, what will serve us best. But uh, I, I told Andre at one point during the editing process, I was like, don't worry, I have a document with all of the things that we've cut away. And it sits about five to 7,000 words. And it's got all of these pieces that should we decide we want to take them out and bring them back in, they're there. And one of my favorite parts about creating is at times you have to trim and shape, but those aren't cuttings that get fallen on the floor and swept away. You scoop those up, you put them in the box, you, you know that they're there for you later down the road. So I loved going through that experience and I loved all the things that we were able to create and all the things I know we have secretly in store because there are more secrets. I mean, oh, hey, that's been the fun part of you this. And your I, secrets. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm not done teasing. No, no, I love that. Well, Andre, so I mean, you heard all that and that's that's beautiful. Um, Seth, and I, I figured that would that would be the case that, you know, you can't build a world like this without having more that you didn't get to use, you know, and sometimes you don't use it, but you know, the three of you have to know, and, you know, the rest of the creative team has to know just in case, even if it doesn't come up, it could just be a drop dialogue later, a line, a tease, whatever. So Andre, you, you heard all that, like, you're the editor, you could have been the writer, you created this world. So what was that like on your end? That's big, like, you know, we talk on this show a lot. One of my, and Seth knows my um, artistic crush on uh, Brian Edward Hill. Um, and what one of the greatest comic do. writers. Dude is so good, right? But the thing that he does is he gets out of his own way and he lets the writers, he lets the artist's art, as it were. And Andre, so you had to do both. So what was that process like? Like, so you you came up with this world and you're like hiring Seth and you're hiring George. And, and you're saying like, playing, this is my world, but you could have easily told this story and you didn't. So tell me about that. Like, what does that feel like on your side? Or were you always felt like, because of the way Seth described this, and this is a team, it's about a team, it made more sense for you to have a team and do it that way, as opposed to doing it all on your own. You thought you'd get the better story, but that just takes a big person that says a lot about you, Andre, that you got out of the way of this amazing world that you built. I mean, that's art, you know, that's like the most selfless thing you could do. Be like, here's a cool world that I'm going to hand it off. So tell me a little bit about that decision and what that what that feels like. Thank you. Uh, well, um, one of the things really like, thank you, but at the same time, I'm a little, I, I know I'm a little bit of a control freak, but at the same time, <laughs> I spent a whole lot of my career allowing artists to do their best work, right? As an art director, as a creative director, that's that's you need to be able to do that, right? If you... It's like, you know, being a general, but always trying to run on the field, um, doing everybody, you know, micromanaging everything. Like, you, it's not going to work. Your project's not going to move forward. So it kind of felt natural that, yeah, we want to build these different, a number of IPs. So I knew what my job was, when you know, what my tasks were. And then I, I, I have to, to know when to, you know, set the ship on the water, but then let it go, you know, and it's different, you know, in its own direction. And, and, and when you're building teams, when you're looking for a writer, when you're looking for an illustrator, a color artist, a letterer, that's what you're trying to assemble. And, and then best you can do is really direct them, feed them, you know, uh, um, preach the, 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 the values and the, the truths of the, the, the project that you're creating. And then you, you need to be able to, to trust them and let them work, you know, let them output and then gently bring them back if you feel like you're not, you know, hitting all these uh, elements of the story that you're you're really going for, you know, for examples, as for spellcaster, you know, one one of the things that you know I would I would brief artists on it's it was it's a world where magic, you know, has always existed, 
but it's very much anchored in a world as if it was the world that we live in today. You know, we could, instead of going to see a baseball match, we could go out together, you know, buy tickets and watch a match of spellcasting. You know, it's a major league uh, sport and we're going to approach it exactly like that. So it's not in the, you know, high fantasy world. It's so understanding and making sure that, uh, you know, I, I kept saying like 70% reality and 30% magic. So it had to be reflected in much of it, like how the, you know, characters are developed, uh, how the world, you know, looks, how the, you know, prop designs, you know, everything and, and anything that was part of the project. So that was, you know, my, my job and, and really, trying to find a talent to work on the projects and then you, you, you let you know artists do what they do best which is beautiful art oh, and it is really really good art and i like that i really like too the thing that you do the opening page you kind of give the little background like here's the here's the pitch here's the two three paragraph kind of like if it's star wars it's the crawl you know and and you set the world which is smart too because you're like i want to invite you in I'm going to give you just a little tease of what's happening. So that is, I think that works out. It works out really well. And I just appreciate you hearing that because again, this is, it's a, you know, it's a, you've done a lot of work and, um, and it, it and it's, you have to, you know, trust the people and, and all that stuff. So, all right. So here's the thing. So um, we keep talking about George. So let's just talk about George, the, the artist who's not in the room. Um, so George George's George uh, pencils and inks. You have uh, Marco Lesko do the colors. By the way, Marco, you magnificent colorist. Uh, wow. Talk about, and I've got, you know, I've got it digitally on my, uh, you know, I, that's how I have it. And wow, does it just shine? It just shine. doesn't matter how dull you're going to have your iPad. You can have it on the blue light off. This thing is going to just glow. So Marco did a banging job. Um, but so George, tell us a little bit about George and like how you found George. But then like, I would love to hear from both of you that process of working with him because this is. This is an action, as as Andre just said, this is a sports-based action comic. And so you have to know that your artist is going to be able to pull it off. And again, Speed Racer, you get all my Speed Racer tingles in this. There's lots of lines. There's lots of movement. It's all great. So how did you find George? And then what was it like for both of you to see your vision unfold under the skill of, of his pencils? Well, one of the things, you know, when we, we were looking for, for pencilers, um, it was during confinement, you know, the whole, you know, thing. And we were starting out, right? We didn't have that Rolodex of, you know, a thousand pencilers to, 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 to call. And so, uh, you know, we, we did what we, we often do is go to Instagram and so on and so forth and Amazing. You know, find people yeah. that, that fit the, you know, kind of the essence is what you're going for, for a project. So, you know, every project is different, as, you know, is different as we know. And um, for, for this project, it was, we need somebody who can draw, you know, of course, a lot of solid posing, pose to pose and, and um, you know, uh, very clear sequential art, you know, as much as possible, because we know we're going to have a lot, we, there's a lot of story that we want to tell, and we want to make sure that somebody uh, can, can draw poses very well and, uh, emotions and, and, you know, uh, but also, you know, because we're going to have iconic new props and, and a new world, we, 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 we need somebody who's well, well-rounded in, in, in different aspects, you know, designing the world, 
uh, you know, so on and so forth. So the cityscape is really important, right? Yeah, yeah. Cityscape, you know, making sure that we do feel like this is somewhat of a, you know, uh, again, anchored in reality. It's kind of a, you know, Brooklyn type neighborhood in in many places. Uh, although the the series is going to, you know, uh, revolve in different places around the world because uh, it's a major league, it's a worldwide major league sport. Um, but you know, this was important. So uh, when we found George uh, and his previous work, you know, it felt it felt like a, a really good fit, and he was very excited to to work on the project. Um, and yeah, it was, and the, you know, his lines, the way, and not only did you know he, he penciled, but that we inked. He also did the cover, which is you know amazing. Ah, so uh, good. And so yeah, we were really excited to to work with him uh, on the project. You know. Yeah. So Seth, when you saw it, so you've got the script. You've written this. You've talked to Andre. You see those first pages from George. What's that feel like? That was a lot of fun. Um, we open just for, uh, again, more teasing. We open in that cityscape with uh, Polaris and his sister. And we have the opportunity to immediately set up where they are in relationship to um, these giant buildings and you know, a city which so often it's the city where, you know, you're looking for your place. You're looking to make your mark. At some point, you've grown up around this and, and a place that can seem big and intimidating for a newcomer can feel like a playground for someone who grows up there. And the more they're growing up, the more they're looking at, like, how far can, can I go? So setting that that first um, environment up was was really a lot of fun because he he was doing the things that Andre was describing where we're we're visually representing also what a world looks like when magic is 30% existent when there are pieces of it that they're there in the details you'll see them if you're looking you'll you'll notice I don't know like maybe at... somebody's awesome skateboard right <laughs> yet another tease um, if you want to see what a skateboard could look like with a, a tinge of magic, this is the place you want to go. Yeah, the one-stop and... <laughs> shop right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was it was a lot of fun to work with ideas, you know, starting out with looking at an image on a, a tablet or a device and then transitioning to the world and then sort of showing little bit of pieces, sort of unfolding more, much like if you're looking at a, a city or a, you know sort of downtown environment, it's really easy to look up and then slowly you start to look down. And as you do, you can see how much more there is going on. There's not just giant buildings. There are these little shops. There are the people who live there. There are people just walking through the streets, living their lives. And then not only setting that up, but also this really fun underground competitive world, like just brushing up against the professional level, which is something if you've ever been, I've been to a few, a AAA baseball game or something else, you're seeing top level talent that's that's right on the verge of breaking through. So watching him bring these things to life and and feeling them, like as the details became more clear, as as he started with the pencils and came in with the inks, you, you felt like you were watching the construction of something where, okay, we've got the framework, okay, now we're filling in the details, Hey, do you notice when you start to push on some of this stuff, the walls are solid. The floor feels real. Everything in here feels um, solid and, and grounded. And that was a really probably one of my favorite things was witnessing this story come together through the sketches and then fill in and then realizing like this is there it is. 
See there. And then you could just point to the word in the script and see the detail on the page and and watching that come to life along the way, answering some questions. You know, what does this mean? What are we going for here? And and recognizing that you you have someone who is viewing this in a way where they can oftentimes say, here's a possibility if you want to consider something else and what that can mean for this great conversation that I felt happened between us. It was it was a chance to not only say, this is the story I want to tell, but here, oh, and here's some options. If you want to, you know, put greater emphasis at certain points, use perspective to, you know, create things or consider options that I'd love to say they all came to me while I was writing the script, but so many of them also came out through this conversation. And um, I think like any great relationship, the greater you build connection and rapport, the more you develop that understanding where once an idea is shared, it's no more about, do you mean it's, I think you mean this, yes. And, and that sort of greater understanding that grew, the more we worked with each other. I was really grateful for that. And similarly with Andre, where it was like, this is what we're going for. This is what George is doing with it. This is what we're uh, seeking to accomplish and getting that feedback from Andre when it's like, hey, this is working. What if we try this instead? I understand what you're going for. Let's see if we can make that really ring more clear and true by by considering these other options. So it, it was a lot of great conversations and it was also a lot of great discovery through those conversations. Yeah. And it really is just gorgeous. <laughs> now, and I know this is just like a weird, since we keep saying baseball, I'll say baseball. So here's my inside baseball question. Friends, if you've not noticed, I've mentioned that this is a Canadian company. They're in Quebec. There's a French version of this. Seth, I'm assuming you didn't write it in French. As far as I know, you don't speak French. I did so not. Who translated it? Was that just the letterer who translated it or did you translate it, Andre? No, actually, uh, in our studio, we have uh, Chantal, who's uh, an amazing uh, uh, writer herself. And she can translate, you know, beautifully uh, text from English to French. So we we asked her if she, you know, she she wanted to, to take a go at it. And she did. And uh, she did a marvelous job. <laughs> yeah, I don't speak French, so that was my next question. How did it come out? I mean, like, obviously, there's literal translation in the and the and the. How did the then? How does the letterer work with that? Because French, some French words are a lot longer than their English of counterparts. Yeah. So, like, how did you then have to re? I know it's such a weird question, but I'm just fascinated by it. Like, how did you have to re-space the page? Because well, George did the page. Now you got it. The letter is letter is such a hard job as it is. So, did he have to re-letter it? Is the, some of the lettering in a different spot because of the language, because of the translation? Most of the time we were able to kind of, you know, match the size of the balloons and, and stuff like that. So what we did is send him a script that had both French and English. Mm. And we were trying our hardest to kind of match the uh, the length of both without, you know, compromising on, you know, the message, the the meaning and the, 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 uh, the actual dialogue. So, and, you know, most of the time the adjustments are minimal or non-existent uh, beyond, you know, very specific uh balloons so that was great but yeah tom napolitano uh for oh. lettering did an amazing job and especially for spellcaster like his uh we work with him also on chase and catch but spellcaster we had to of course develop different you know types of bubbles because we have what we call you know uh vox mentis which is basically kind of psychic you know talk between characters like magical speak as we say um 
uh, between so this is different bubble similar to you know the you know x-men professor x's you know yeah. uh, talk bubbles or, or um, psychic powers or you know so on and so forth so different bubbles for different you know um purposes and yeah again tom did an amazing job tom's no joke wait when you found out it was going to be tom seth that's no that's a name you know how'd you feel about that you're like what it's it's weird it was, right it was it was <laughs> i can honestly say it was humbling i, I yeah. just sort of smiled for a second because you you look around and you recognize the talent that you're working with and you're grateful to be in such a company working on this project. I'm quite confident that a different team might not have had the same success, but I know that the success we have and that we will continue to have with the remaining issues is because we have an amazingly talented team. We have one of those. I mean, <laughs> you go through the list and and I just sort of smiled like, this is really amazing. I'm, I, at some point, I, do I need to put out like a gift basket come Christmas time just as like a thank you for the opportunity to see? I mean, you can create a script and these are the people who helped bring it to life and and watching how they did with every element. Um, the lettering brought that final touch. It gave us voice. It created those ideas visually for the reader, as as uh, Andre was talking about with the Vox Mentis with the, you know, the the way that we're able to make this relationship and communication between Polaris and his sister so, so clear and so uh, integral to the storytelling. I mean, you know, that's a big component I'm looking forward to people enjoying. I, I think it's one of those things that works so well because of the talents of someone like Tom and, and collectively how you've got this like, here's one gorgeous layer. Okay, now let's flip, put the next. I feel like we're looking at one of those animation cells where it's like, flip the page down, flip the page down there. That's what it looks like when all the pieces come together. And it, it's gorgeous. It, it really is. <laughs> we keep using just, that word. <laughs> but, it, but it is, and it's just funny too, because you know, like Tom, Again, people, we're, we're nerds. And so, like, we care about who the letterers are. Like, when I did Cowboy Ninja Viking with Paul, like, we the whole time we talked about Clay, Clay Coles, because, like, he's the hero. If you've ever read, you've ever read Cowboy Ninja Viking, Andre, like, that book is a hot <laughs> mess. And it's, like, uh, it's about uh, assassins who have DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder. So there are three or four voices inside their heads at any one time. And so Clay Coles had to do all of the speech, all the thought bubbles. It's like, he's the star of the, of that book. Like the book is good, but like, he's the hero, but like, I mean, look, Tom McFarlane, Capullo, Singleton, you know who, what they all have in common. They've worked with Tom, <laughs> but they work with Tom. Dude. I'm just sorry. That's like the coolest shit ever. That is so awesome. Like you are like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm one degree of separation from the Batman spawn crossover. Seth Singleton, Batman spawn. Me it's, and James, it's nice James to the rub Fourth shoulders. and I now have something in common. <laughs> James the Fourth and I both work with Tom. Like that's just cool. That's the real deal. Again, no red flags. All the stops <laughs> pulled out. Exactly. That was really exciting. You know, every time I would confirm an artist, you know, to say because you know when we started writing, I didn't have anybody yet. You know, it yeah. was like you know we're, we're we're looking for everybody, like a penciler, a color artist, yeah. you know, a letterer, and and then I would say, oh, so you know, this person's gonna pencil, this person's gonna be doing colors, and this person's gonna be doing lettering. It was like, every time it was like, wow, this is great. You know, this is gonna be a professional product. This is you know, when I said we were serious about this, I, I meant it. <laughs> My eyes got like this big every time. It was like, yeah, we got George Duarte. I'm like, wait, 
I know that name. Yeah. Wait, hold on. I'm looking at the stuff. Are you kidding me? Wait, we got who for colors? Hold yeah. on. We got Tom the Paul. Yeah, there was there was a part where you just sort of like. Uh, 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 okay yeah yeah, yeah. Shh, shh, uh, uh, okay yeah do it I, just well, just go <laughs> and it is one of those things where it's like comics is a it's a, it's a medium that the people who love it love it and the, there's rock stars you know like of the, like when you're like ooh, i mean we're one of the few people you and I, I think you and derek and i when we did uh james we did um uh what book of james did we did the um you and i did um Something, something is killing the children. Something's killing the children was you and me, but we did the one at Department of Truth, and we were talking about oh, like yes. colorists, and we like right. go on this whole deep that like because like it's one of the weird things when you're like nerds could be like top five colorists, and you can name them top five letterers. We have names like we know we can pull these off, and like Tom's up there, man. He's like so good, it's so cool, and it's a real skill. And we always say like, I, Andre, you're the, you're an editor. So this is my theory. Okay. Hear me out and tell me, cause you're, <laughs> you're the big brain trust. So it's like, you've got the writer, you've got the artist, right. But then your colorist, right. Your colorist does the score is like a film is like, cause writer and artist, you can get us like, you've got the writer and the director, right. So that's how we make a film. But then I always feel like the colorist like does the score and then the letterer is holding the camera. That's how I feel like the, the letterer is the one who's like, this is the thing that you're focusing in on. You are the you are the producer of this and that analogy. How do you feel? Like, do you feel that way when you find the people like this is the way to finalize my product? I need somebody who's going to hold that camera steady and know how to pull and tie. You're the cinematographer. Get me in there. I need my colors to to you know to play the right music. Do you think I'm crazy on that? Please feel free to tell me that's a bad analogy, but that's how it is in my head. I like, I really much like that analogy. Like uh, coming from animation, I don't know that, you know, I I, I would describe it in, in, in a way that, you know, uh, as we often say, you know, uh, audio is 50% of the equation when you're doing a movie. And in terms of the comic, I would say, you know, of course, I still feel like my, my penciler is my cameraman just because mm, okay, I'm probably nice. the one I'm going to blame if the shot is not right. <laughs> sure. You know, like it's not the right shot. We need to. Yeah, yeah, that. we got to redo that. Yeah, yeah. You know, like as if I would, you know, uh, in animation, I would work with storyboard artists, right? It's just like very yeah. rough, you know, doodles, but I know what the frame is right. I know if that shot is going to be right, you know, and I, and so uh, to me, the penciler is that, and then the, the color artist is really like my comp compositing artist that does, you know, the magic, you know, putting stuff together, like compositing mm, things nice. and, and make sure. So that's my, so he's in charge of the mood, right? It was like, oh, this is, it's supposed to be a tense mood. And then the colors are all joyful. It's like, okay, we missed the mark, right? It's not going right. to work. <laughs> you know, like, so it's, so that's my, that's my color artist. It's really like bringing life into the frame in, in terms of you know the, the mood of things and amplifying the emotions and and then i see the letter artist a whole lot like my compositor in terms of like okay now i have beautiful but what am i saying about that frame mm. you know what's the actual heart of the story you know beyond of course the visuals and so i think that's my letter also because you know one of the things i want another example that i love that tom did you know um a, 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 um, a proposition that he did uh, by himself when we did chase and catch together um um chase has you know classic balloons and then catch the way i was describing catch it was like it's a mix of like you know goliaths from uh the animation series disney's animation series and jarvis you know 
the two. So he's a gentle giant. He doesn't speak like rough as a robot and stuff. So he used a uh, lowercase, you know, font for, for him. So he's the only character not talking in caps. Nice. So it was like, this is gorgeous. This to me, like, it's like uh, poetry. When I, I look at the page, I know exactly how Catch speaks. He's a big guy. He's a big robot, you know, cybernetic, you know, machine. He could, he could, you know, voice, we could voice him in a very, you know, mean, rough, hard way. But yet, because of the font, just because of the font, you know, everything, you know, comes into play in a perfect, you know, unison. So, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just such a, it's such a collaborative it's such a collaborative medium and it is a place where nerds get to live and, and make art and it, every aspect matters. And, and you, and you know, that they always say like, you only notice the leather if they're doing a bad job. I disagree. And that may be true for people who aren't nerds. Like we are a casual fan may only <laughs> notice the letters when they're like, why is that letter? Why are those letters blurry? Or what is that? Did you spell boom wrong? Does that just say bomb? <laughs> what is that? What is that? But what are you saying? B O M. I don't know what that is. Um, so, you know, those are, those are the, you don't want those kinds of things, but it's, I see it. It's, it's just scripted beautifully and it's, it's really good. You guys should be, I'm just, and I think it's great. I'm so excited. So, and again, we, we talked around it because we don't want to spoil. It's a gorgeous world. So book one is out. So we're going to get into the end uh, where we start telling everybody. So we can go to uh, magic casters, ML spellcasters, MLM.com. We can go to Saturday originals.com, but like what, what's our timeline? people what when is when is book two coming out when what do we got we got a five issue miniseries issue one is out um or is that part of the secret andre we can't know no we can I <laughs> okay mean, we can like, know. <laughs> yeah we, we can so uh we're expecting issue two to come out in you know the next month or beginning of you know somewhere in january so we're just you know it's all the building books are there we just need to finalize um um because also we're we're also in the talks with uh, different partners for different things, you know, because we're also looking into uh, printed versions and stuff like that. So, but yeah, issue two should come out in the next two months, uh, most probably in January. <laughs> well, that'll be good because this is this is already December, so we can just say next month. Everybody, yes. get yourself a belated Christmas present and pick up issue two first if you haven't picked up issue one. A spellcaster's Major League Magic. I think I think Seth dropped the secret, but guess how much it costs right now the kindle edition it's like all the best drugs you gave the first one away free exactly it's true <laughs> <laughs> i did go ahead and let that slip for those who are paying attention yes um amazon and on apple books you can get that now for free um also oh. we just got it listed on oh the name's gonna escape me. global comics global. yes global thank you i wanted global to say galaxy an and i knew that wasn't right global, global comics, comics with, with an x yep yep <laughs> Nice. That's so cool. That's so cool. And um, the big trick, the big thing, right, will be for me getting it on Hoopla Digital, right? You got to get it on the library apps because Hoopla Digital, man, that has a big reach. And um, every time somebody checks one out, an angel gets twinks. Um, no, but yes. hopefully hopefully you guys will get on there too. But yeah, I mean, right now it's issue one is free, but issue two, I mean, that's the thing. You know, I, you've got to, I'm subscribed. I'm going to pick that guy, that bad guy up as soon as it comes out. Um and then ultimately, so is the goal then, Andre, are we thinking then end of we'll have the full miniseries done in 2024 or are we looking into 25? Most probably early 25 for the, the full, just because we might have six issues instead of four. Oh, so 
you know, look at that. And that's yeah. the beautiful thing about owning your own. Uh, <laughs> that you're like, oh, we need, we need, we need one more, isn't that? And There's, I believe actually that happens a lot with indie comics. They're like, oh, we can do whatever we want, which I love. There's that thing, but also it's like we have so much story to, to tell, and we want to make sure that we tell it uh, in the best way we can. And you know, cramming the whole story in, in, in so many panels might not be the best uh, way to approach it. So you know, no promises, but we're really looking seriously into that. So um, yeah, yeah, nice. More, more beautiful stories. More beautiful <laughs> stories. Okay, cool. And so you've got other there's other cool stuff so people go to saturdayoriginals.com and you're going to click on there and you got all kinds of cool stuff and then spellcastersmlm.com so in addition to that so where let's andre other place like you've got a bunch of stuff going on you've got a big company you've got other stuff if people wanted to check out the rest of your work where else could they go besides those places well definitely like you can find us on instagram um and on facebook and but uh, subscribe to our newsletter on Saturday, you know, originals.com. That's the best way to get the latest news. Um, I would say free in your inbox that way. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. Seth, my brother, how can people yes, find you in addition to all those places? <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram as Seth the writer, or you can go to a new website. I have stories with Seth. And can I give a little shout sure, to my please. creator? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So uh, Tony's wife, Lee, actually designed my website and it is gorgeous. If you're looking for a web website designer, <laughs> that is my free plug yeah. right there. Yeah, However, she did mine too. What, yeah. she's phenomenal. And what's great is if you go to storieswhatset.com, she's got links to everything I do. So if you heard Tony teasing a little bit about podcasting and things like that, she's got links to it. She's got links to my work and she's also got a great way for you to contact me or check me out on social media. So those are my, and as you ways. should do all those things. And my website also designed by her. AR Freena. I always say I had a website and it existed. ARFreena.com existed before. And it was like a janky jank box. There were words in a couple of pictures. And then she was like, okay, your book's coming out. Let me make it look nice. And it, it's really great. Um, yeah. So ARFreena.com, you can get all that and subscribe. I've got a newsletter. Seth, we got stuff. Listen, but Here's the question, my man. So like, and for both of you, I'm a big music. I love music. Music is is so important to me. So what is the soundtrack to, to, to Spellcasters? What did you listen to when you were writing? What do you listen to when you edit? What do you want people to think? I mean, like, I mean, I'm sorry. I know, and I, I'm not a big, and you can, if you're going to hang up the call, I waited to say this again. I'm not a big fan of Rush, Andre, but I couldn't help but say, I know they're like <laughs> Canadian, Canadian heroes, but honestly, like, it's hard to not hear that opening of Tom Sawyer, right? With this, with this, this, like I hear Tom Sawyer playing in the background of this, but <laughs> I don't want to put that in. What do you guys, what's, what's the soundtrack for you to this? Did you listen to something when you edit Seth, what'd you listen to when you were writing? That's a fun question. Um, I listened to quite a variety. Um, I listened to, I was actually like going through, I've got a playlist of, of different artists um, I like quite the mix, but I, I found most often, especially when I was editing and I just wanted to relax, I put on classical piano and, and it's like, all I can hear is this quiet sort of like ambiance while I'm, I'm drifting through like, oh, and this connects here. And it feels like I'm, I'm building music as much as I am editing. 
When I'm writing, I, I used to listen to a, a fair amount of either fast rock or um, electronic or or something basically that that's going to get my my brain sort of cooking along. And then I'm just, you know, how fast can I go? How much fun <laughs> can I have? You know, how long can I stay in the seat before something like getting up to get something to eat or drink or use the facilities is what forces me yeah. to, to get nice. going. But while I'm down... Um, and I'm just driving. <laughs> nice. What about you, Andre? What's your music? What What is the soundtrack of this in your head? Yeah, when when you know, kind of imagining uh, trailers for it, um, I often have uh, kind of probably because of the urban aspect of you know, I'm seeing Polaris, you know, like very humble beginnings, you know, walking the street, going for training and stuff like that. You know, some uh, some jazz, you know, like really like a drum and bass or like even like. You know, stuff like electronica, stuff like, uh, you know, Daft Punk or, you know, that kind of vibe. That's something, certainly something very urban, very, you know, nice. from the street, um, you know, stuff like that. Nice. Um, but then, you know, as we were talking, just because of the, uh, you know, the, uh, the story itself, it was like, you know, soundtrack to Rocky type stuff, you know, something that gets your blood pumping and like want to win uh, yeah. at, all at all costs, you know, like uh grinding and stuff like that. so all of that is really you know, to me feels like uh, very proper for spellcasters nice yeah i just i love to have music i've um i'm not a big i don't listen to a lot of streaming i like to buy music but like i create uh, playlists for the books like when i'm writing books they're listening to music that my characters listen to end up on the playlist and i write the music right in and um uh, so I've, i just think that's a i used to always end the show with like who's this book for? And everybody's like, it's for everybody. And that's totally true. So I've started to switch it up by saying like, what's the music? What's the soundtrack? Let's, let's get that in our head. We'll play a little bit of that. Love Definitely it. the introduction of this show. You guys didn't hear it. Cause I, you don't know this, but now, you know, was a little bit of that intro of Tom Sawyer was here at the beginning. And then we'll end with, I'll, I'll find something fun that fits, that fits what you guys are doing here to play us out. So this has been a joy. Spellcasters major league magic magic. You heard it now. Issue one is free people. There's, there's a link right in the show notes, you're going to click and you're going to be like, I got a free comic book. Yes, you do. <laughs> Digitally delivered to your device. And then issue two comes out in January and this will be cool. And then I'm assuming the plan will be then um, you'll bind it. And that's how we'll get the hard copy when all five or six come out. We'll look, we're looking into all of these solutions, either like uh, single issues or as a, as a volume uh, or two volumes, something like that. Yes. Nice. That'll be so cool. I can't wait to see that on my bookshelf <laughs> when it, when it prints exactly. out. Yeah, that is so cool. This is great. I mean, I just, Andre, it was lovely to meet you. And George, if you're listening, kudos to you. And again, just, it's beautifully colored. Of course, obviously Tom's a legend. Um, and it's just so, that's just so cool. I'm like, now I'm one degree of separation from Tom, which puts me <laughs> two from James the fourth. I'm just saying out loud, Seth, you're one degree of separation from James the fourth, not just us nerding out about what an amazing, brilliant writer he is, but now you worked with the same person. I'm just putting it out. I never here. thought of that until you brought that up. And now just that's saying, you're like, Oh, I'm one degree of separation. I mean, you're already one degree of separation from Kevin Bacon because Gail knows Kevin Bacon. And then that's right. Right. So our, our colleague, Gail Ryder knows Kevin Bacon. So like you're already now you've got James the fourth and Kevin Bacon. I mean, you can rule the world from here. How are you guys lifting me up into this <laughs> echelon? How, well, what's happening? Yeah. Why did no one warn me this was uh, about to happen? That's amazing. Wait, wait, am I branded? <laughs> no, you are. You are now. This was great. Thank you for this. And, and as these come out, we'll keep doing it. And what we'll do is like, 
you talked about a trailer, Andre. If you make trailers or you got ads, send them my way. We'll play them at the beginning or end of shows to make sure people get on this. We're not just going to let this one show. We want to support art. We want to support our friends who make art. And I've made a new friend today. And uh, this was lovely. Thank you, everybody. And we will see you next time. Bye. Thank you, Tony. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>